0: Hello, welcome to the self-learning podcast by Dr. Sushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Unit 1, Concept, Evolution and Significance of Democratic Decentralization. And our topic is Evolution of Democratic Decentralization. After Second World War, the newly formed nation-states, adopted the growth-centered model for development. In this model, the state assured the moral and political responsibilities for the development of the society. It became gradually evident that the growth-centered model for development aimed only at economic growth and increased gross domestic product (GDP) of the country. But it could achieve these at great social and environmental costs. This developmental model had bypassed large sections of the society, leading to a greater disparity. Further marginalizing the deprived sections, the special programs initiated for the Vulnerable sections failed to make an impact because the people were treated as mere beneficiaries and objects of development. Worldwide discontent and dis- disillusionment generated by this dominant model for development led to its service severe criticism. A crucial debate is on in developing countries regarding the degree of control that central governments should exercise over development planning and administration the past experience of planned development for the last 50 years in india and the results thereof have raised doubts regarding the achievement of the Welfare objectives, removal of poverty and social inequalities, economic growth with social justice, etc. There was disillusionment with the results of a highly centralized planning. It resulted in economic inequalities, regional disparities, and increased absolute poverty. Therefore, the basic premises of development theory came into question during the 1970s. The growing realization among policy analysts that as government activities expand, it is increasingly difficult to plan and administer all development activities effectively and efficiently from the center. Hence, the local autonomy in making decisions of primary concern to the locality and greater responsibility for designing and implementing development programs became a necessity. This revived interest in the notion of decentralization participatory development has emerged as an alternative paradigm over the past two decades as a result of the criticism of the dominant model of development. Development would mean a process of change from the present situation to a better one with deliberative interventions by citizens and institutions. New perspective of development stressed that along with economic growth, development of the quality of life of individuals, families, and community should also be ensured. It can be feasible through greater people's participation in decision making, creating opportunities for productive involvement, access to consumer goods and basic services such as health, sanitation, education and communication. Development can be sustained if special efforts are made to systematically involve the deprived sections of the society in the process. By taking into account their special needs, it can reduce inequalities and bridge the ever widening gap between the rich and the poor. Participatory development strategy should also ensure that more people have access to and control over their resources. The alternative part. Participatory development paradigm necessitates creation of pressure from the grassroots, which can enable them to participate actively in planning, involve them in execution and monitoring, and more equitably distribution of resources. People-centered development model make people active in development process. Further, it is now realized that the upward shift of functions from the districts to the states and from the states to the union has not contributed either to the strengthening of the center or to making planning more effective. Indeed, it has had the opposite effect on both counts. The machinery of government has become excessively flabby and the center as well as in the states. Planning has become so out of touch with the ground level reality that is in danger of losing credibility. These developments have made political parties and scholars think in terms of reversing the upward trend, which ambiguously put means decentralizing functions from the union to the states and from the states to the sub-states level. In addition, everywhere the level of democracy has started a process towards mass politics. People are beginning to demand a say in the running of their own affairs. It is this more than the creeping decay of centralized governance that has impelled political parties to turn their attention toward the decentralized governance. The major thrusts of decentralized governance are bringing administration at the doorsteps of the people and establishing direct relationship between the client and the administration. The local institutions, the private sectors, and the civil society organizations all play an important role in decentralized governance. Post-independence, India adopted a democratic system of governance. Institutions of the democracy in India, in fact, began to grow during the colonial rule. The provisions of the democracy found their place in the Government of India Act of 1909, 1919 and 1935. Following the deliberations within the Constituent Assembly, democracy was introduced in the post-independence India in 1950. In India, Mahatma Gandhi, Jawaharlal Nehru and Jayaprakash Narayan described democracy as the government that gives power to the people. Gandhi said, true democracy could not be worked by some persons sitting at the top. It had to be worked from below by the people of every village. Democracy at the top could not be success unless it was built from below. In India, the Panchayati Raj institutions can set an example for the world for the emulate in the matter of democratic decentralization. On the first point of decentralization, there are broadly three views. The Balwant Rai Mehta report favoured the block as being nearest to the people. The Sukhamoye Chakravati report on decentralization of planning considered even the district to be too small for people area planning. The Ashok Mehta report on the Raj, however categorically favored the district because historically it had been the pivot of local administration for centuries and also because the requisite expertise for planning and related purposes could be mustered at this level and not lowers the dantwala report on block level planning and the Hanumantha Rao report on district planning endowed this view in essence. In political parties, two thinking has crystallized on the district as the most appropriate level for first stage decentralization from the state level. The principal thrust of Balwant Rai Committee report was towards decentralization on democratic institutions is an effort to shift decision centers close to the people to enable their active and continuous participation under local popular control The Ashok Mehta Committee's principal thesis was the functional necessity and decentralization of administration level close to the people both Balwant rai and mehta committee report and ashok mehta committee reports can be considered as landmarks in the history of democratic decentralization in india with the introduction of the 73rd and 74th constitution amendments the decentralization has been democratized and the scope of the democracy has expanded in to include the women obc and Dalits at the grassroots level prior to this, the dominant social groups exclusively dominated the institutions of the local self-governance. This defeated the very purpose of democracy. Democracy has to be grounded in the reality of society. This view of democracy can be termed as the substantive democracy. In the past two decades in India, substantive democracy has found a significant place in the discourse on democracy. Now, let us wind up the session and take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.